You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This week it is episode 195 and it's one of our world famous revisited episodes. I I guess it's the final revisited episode, at least for the first series of them. This is where uh, we take another look at one of the games we covered back in the earliest days of Remember the Game, when we had even less of an idea of what we were doing than we do now. And we, we started doing this two years ago with Remember the Game number 105, and then I did it every 10 episodes, all the way from 105, 115, 125, up to today. Episode 195, where we're taking another peek at the cult classic that is Final Fantasy VII. And we talked about Cloud and Friends for the first time way back on episode 12 of the podcast. And I thought, you know what? There's enough meat on this bone for a second helping. Plus, I'll be honest with you, I was a little hard on this game the first time around. I And I still don't think it's perfect. I know that I don't like it as much as some of you do, but like, since the first episode about Final Fantasy 7 that is I've played the remake and it just kind of completely reignited that spark that I had for this game back in high school so I think this is a more positive look back on this game than the first time we did it I will warn you about a couple of things though number a we spoil stuff 
particularly one big event that I think probably 99% of you already know about. One of the most famous moments in gaming history, but if by chance you don't know what I'm talking about, you will after this episode. Uh, number two, this isn't different than a normal Remember the Game. It's the same format, but I do feel like we kind of just... We, we, we approach this one a little bit differently. We spent a lot of time on the characters and kind of the systems of the game, a little bit less focus on the story and stuff. I don't know. Like maybe that's just me. I haven't listened back to it since we recorded it. I just, I had a ton of fun doing it. I was a great episode in my opinion. I just, it felt different than a couple of the other ones we've done by the time we wrapped it up. Uh, and finally, number C, we didn't cover everything. Okay, I don't think we even got into fighting the different weapons or some of the mini games, stuff like that. So please don't yell at me if we didn't get to everything that you love about this. It's a big, it's a big fucking video game, all right? But we did our best. Um, my guest this week is my childhood chum, Daniel. We grew up falling in love with Final Fantasy II back on the Super Nintendo. We both played Final Fantasy VII. We have different opinions on some of the aspects of the game, but we still had a really fun chat. I think the different aspects makes for a little bit better podcast. And we both agreed that Kate Sith is maybe the most useless piece of shit in gaming history. And we'll get to all that in just a minute, because speaking of the most useless pieces of shit in gaming history, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. They don't suck. It's this. You know what our intro is? It's like the first mission in Final Fantasy VII where you blow up the reactor and nothing can really kill you and you can just admire Cloud's hair. And it's, it's fun. Uh, but seriously, if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road from now and you'll get to the game chat. Uh, we have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking badass art that was all drawn single-handedly drawn and created by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. So you can check him out over there and you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It is a great way to support the show and look very cool in the same time. And of course, if you're like, eh, I don't do close, not for me, then you can always consider supporting us on Patreon, the single best value in the history of the internet. And I think I truly believe that, and I'll tell you why. For only two US dollars a month, you get two additional podcasts every week. Not two extra podcasts a month, two extra podcasts a week. You'll get my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday, where I look at all the biggest news in modern games, I add in my opinions and some stuff like that. And when you get access to Expansion Pass every Every Thursday, which is a different show each week, we do game rankings, we look back at characters, consoles, we do comedy episodes, there's game reviews. This past week on Expansion Pass, I dropped my spoiler-free review of the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie, Sonic 2, and it was it was a little tricky to review that without ruining anything, aside from some of the stuff everybody already knew, like Knuckles is in it and things, uh, but I had fun. It was nice stepping out of my video game comfort zone and kind of wading into the nerdy waters of movie reviewers, um, and as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler-free Sonic 2 movie review. But Jim Carrey is back as Dr. Robotnik again. Um, I know there's probably some people out there that don't care for Jim Carrey, but I'll, I'm just going to put my cards on the table. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. He's Canadian. He's a comedian. I grew up watching movies like Ace Ventura and The Mask and, you know, classic fucking Dumb and Dumber and, like, all the Jim Carrey movies. Um... I agree. I just think he's talented as fuck. I thought he was great in the first movie. I thought he was equally as great in this one. I know a lot of people have been saying that they thought that Idris Elba as Knuckles stole the show. And I agree that Knuckles was great in this movie. But in my opinion, Jim Carrey stole the show again. He's just like Dr. Robotnik is a role just so meant for Jim Carrey because he's so over the top 
And he just looks so animated and cartoonish in the way that he presents it. And you know what it reminded me of is the Riddler in Batman Forever. And I think most people will agree that Batman Forever sucks. But I also think most people will agree that Jim Carrey was very good in that movie. That's now available in our archives. And now this week, uh, our topic was up to our Patreons and spiciest gaming takes ran away with the poll. So I'm going to read. We got a ton of uh, various levels of spiciness of gaming takes from our listeners. So I'm going to read a bunch of them. I'm going to react to them. I'm going to let them know just how spicy they are. And I might even come up with a spicy meatball or two of my own. So it should be a lot of fun. Again, two bucks gets you two additional shows a week. Plus, instant access to about 200 archive podcasts. Plus, access to the Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our shows, including Playing Play 1, Remake 1, Erase 1. And you get a shout out right here on the show and you get to to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons here we go scrub tech 84 richter Soros, evil skywalker casey jones tantrum 70 anthony jordan devin ztrox 369 nice grant potter cody richardson mike peace dylan ellsworth Sukasa 07, General Fury, That Bailey Guy, Mark Hayward, Salty by Design, Thomas Pizzino, Red Ted Red, and Axel Vigano. I feel like I might not have fucked any of those up. I might have, that might have, anyway. Uh, thank you all very, very much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find all of that at patreon.com slash remember the game. And please don't forget, 5% of our Patreon gets, we, we take a 5% of it every month, add it into a pool, and at the end of the year, we'll be donating it uh, to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of my 24-hour charity stream. So you're not just helping me, you're helping the kids out too. We've already raised over 700 bucks, so we're fucking killing it. Um, I will just quickly point out, if you're hearing this on the day it goes live between April 27th and April 30th, maybe just wait until May 1st to sign up. Because if you don't, they're going to charge you the day you sign up. They're going to charge you again on the first of the month. If you wait until May 1st, you won't get charged again until June 1st. So see how many people on Patreon are trying to look out for you like that. I'm not trying to rip you off. I just helps me sleep at night. Anyway. Uh, and finally, you can find me on Twitch. If you're interested, go to twitch.tv slash member the game, not remember member the game. I'm on there pretty well every Tuesday night. And then usually once or twice a week, whenever I can squeeze in a stream and I just play whatever and you can see my nose and I argue with the audience. It's lots of fun. So there you go. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows. All right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. Our first blower this week is Dan Page with one of my favorite uh, cartridge blows of all time. Dan Dan wrote in, if you don't know, if you're newer to our podcast, I have a long-running rivalry with Sega Saturn players. I call them the Saturnians. I have no actual ill will toward that console at all. It's just kind of become a meme around here. But anyway, Dan Page wrote in and said, if there is life on the planet Saturn, do you think they have a shitty video game console named Earth? And I, maybe no one else will think that's funny. I think that's fucking hilarious. And as a fucking, as a professional pays his bills with his comedy comedian, Thumbs up, seal of approval on that damn page. Well done. Ah, the fucking Earth, Earthenites. Maybe that's what some fucking podcast host on Saturn making fun of the Earthenites. I love it. Uh, Mark Hayward 
wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, greetings from sunny Arizona. Newish listener, but loving the podcast so far. I work 12-hour night shifts in semiconductor manufacturing, a.k.a. God's work, and the, <laughs> and the podcast helps the mind-numbing loneliness. But enough about me. Have you any thoughts slash experiences with the Steam Deck? I was lucky enough to have gotten one within the first month release, and this thing is a fucking monster. Going from Jet Set Radio to Crisis to God of War on a handheld is pretty wild. Getting ready to play Final Fantasy VI on it after you talked it up. As a Sega kid, it's my first time. Nine nine ninety nine. never forget never forget i see the deck being a massive incursion into nintendo's bottom line is valve doing what nintendo don't in the form of a switch pro minus the little plumber man no disrespect to nintendo it's i love me some mario and zelda but do you think the deck has a shot at becoming the true gold standard in handheld gaming thanks man and stay well we have kind of talked about this a little bit before and i don't like i yes um Long and short answer, I do think there's a possibility that the Steam Deck, or the Steamer, as we call it around here, um, becomes the gold standard in handheld gaming. But there's a caveat on that. First of all, I've talked about this with the Steamer before. I'm not entirely sure who they're targeting with the Steam Deck. Are they going after people like me that want to play some PC games but are scared of PCs? Or are they going after PC gamers that are like, we'd like to take these games on the go? Because a, a, a majority, at least of the comments we've had in our community, have been from non-PC gamers that are more interested in it than PC gamers themselves. So, I mean, it's selling like crazy for now. We'll see if it's still selling in a couple of years. I think it will be as long as they aren't blowing up or something. I think it's a great looking piece of tech. I do want to get my hands on one eventually. Uh, I've been quite vocal that my primary reasoning for wanting a Steam Deck is for Game Pass on the go without having to fucking stream. Um, but we'll see. I I'm going to wait till they're a little bit more readily available before I pick it up. To answer your question, do I think as a shot of becoming the gold standard in handheld gaming? I, I do in the sense of like, I, I could see it kind of kind of doing to Nintendo what the PlayStation did to the Nintendo 64. And it didn't kill Nintendo, but they were like, hey, look, like this is what happens when... And for the record, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, all right? So like when I diss Nintendo, I do it out of love. But like I could see the Steam Deck being like, this is what happens when the grownups make a handheld console. Because as I love my Switch. I love Nintendo. If I could only keep one console, it'd be my Switch. But like it's you know it's a little underpowered there's the marios and zeldas but you're not getting call of duty and madden and stuff like that on it um so i could see the steam deck becoming the playstation of the handheld gaming in theory at least it could but i don't think nintendo's ever going anywhere i think like you said they've got mario they've got zelda they've got pokemon uh they're they're not going anywhere but i could see them almost becoming like a niche product again we'll see i, I mean like i i'm hoping that nintendo watches what the steam deck does over the next couple of years and then whenever they release their next switch they take inspiration from the steam deck and bring the heat that's that's uh, that's best case scenario in this out in my opinion but do i think the steam deck has a shot at becoming the gold standard in handheld gaming i really do um i really do so thanks for writing in mark and thank you for the support my friend uh matt last name i can never pronounce wrote in matt d wrote in and said as a fellow teenage mutant ninja turtle diehard fan i've been re-watching some of the shows when i can find them i tried to watch the newest show that's out on netflix rise of the ninja turtles it's called i believe have you seen it it's not good they made splinter into a fat lazy slob what the hell i went back to the original 87 series again instead uh yeah i don't care for rise of the uh, ninja turtles i am a diehard turtles fan i think the 87 cartoon is great i think the 03 cartoon is the best one the 2012 cartoon the computer animated one if you've never watched it don't sleep on it i think people write it off because it looks childish it like oh three is my favorite but 2012 is probably the best of the animated series and yeah i didn't care for rise the big beef i had with rise wasn't that they just made lee or made uh, splinter into a tub it was that they made raf into the leader 
And like, I know at the end of the second season, they made Leonardo into the leader, but then the show just ended. But like, I hated that. I'm a traditionalist. Leo leads. Raphael is cool, but rude. Don't fuck around with the roles. So I didn't, I didn't, that's my big beef. So yeah, I don't, I don't care for rise of the turtles and I don't think it, I think that's why it didn't fucking last very long. Uh, thanks for writing in Matt. Joel LeBlanc wrote in and said, uh, let's suppose I gave you all the money you need. Make your own game. What is the genre, the story, the characters and the cover? You can choose an existing franchise. Um, I mean, like, if you really made me sit down and think about this, maybe my answer would change. But off the top of my, because I'd love to do a zero. I'd love to do a Mario RPG 2. Uh, I'd love to do Twisted Metal. But if I could make my own game and I have free, you know, free reign and all the money I need, I'm making a Ninja Turtles Arkham City style game. And it's not going to be a shitty one like they've done in the past. It's going to be fucking beautiful. Next gen, maybe multiplayer online with all four turtles. And each turtle has different abilities and handles differently. And you can go back to the den in the sewer anytime you want and switch out the turtles. Uh, that's what I would do. And um, you know what? I'd even have there be like a twist and fucking maybe like instead of shredder and krang being the final enemies maybe somebody else comes along maybe the some like the rock soldiers come in or maybe baxter stockman or maybe the the, the rat king shows up or so i guess you could add them all in as like side quests and stuff like there'd be tons of side quests at collectibles um that that's it that long and short that would be my answer and a fucking adult gritty kick-ass triple a next gen ninja turtles game and the cover would just be the four ninja turtles but donatello would be at the front because he is the best of the four turtles thank you very much thanks for writing in joel mercy my friend uh zetrox369 wrote in now i'm not gonna lie to you zetrox i wrote i, I cut most of your comment out just because it was kind of long and i was trying to get as many comments in as i could but i did read it and thank you very much for the kind words uh zetrox i appreciate it i just wanted to get to the end of uh zetrox's comment here um they said, anyway, I'm excited to officially be a hot dog. And my favorite podcast moment so far is the story of a certain ex-podcast Hall of Famer whose dad composed a song of some sort for their local sports team. Anyways, keep up the good work. Dude, I, that made me laugh so fucking hard. If anyone is newer to the show and doesn't know, uh, one of my regular guests on the show is Mark McHugh. He's a fellow comedian of mine, a good buddy, of, or a fellow comedian and a good buddy of mine. He's not a comedian of mine. A fellow comedian and a good friend of mine. Uh, but he's a former Hall of Famer because he insisted that we cover Mario was missing and I hate that game and kicked him out of the Hall of Fame for it. But uh, go back and listen to our Super Mario Strikers episode from a couple of months ago. Uh, we talked about Mark's dad writing the official anthem for Canada's soccer team for the World Cup and never being used because Canada didn't score a goal. And I almost died on air laughing so fucking hard at that story. That story has become probably the most infamous moment in the history of this podcast. So that made me laugh. When you first comment in, you wrote in to tell me how much you liked the show, which was nice. And then you were just like, I also love that this fucking song almost killed you. So I, I highly recommend it. If you've not heard it yet, even if you don't care about Mario Strikers, that episode's worth a listen just to catch the beginning part of that story between me and Mark McHugh fucking hilarious uh thanks z trucks welcome to the community buddy uh richtersaurus wrote in and said if you could remake any of your worst game picks what would it be that's a good question richter i so the three that popped into my mind were mario is missing echo the dolphin and majora's mask which i fucking hate uh i'm not gonna remake mario's missing because that's kind of luigi's mansion they did that and I'm not going to remake Majora's Mask because there's already a lot of Zelda games. I think, you know what? Maybe this is going to shock some people, but like as much as I despise Echo the Dolphin, uh, I'm going to remake Echo the Dolphin and make it into something good because like that should be a fun game. Dolphins are cool animals and or mammals or whatever the fuck they are. And you swim under and you're underwater and it's gorgeous and everything like that. That game just licks all the ass. Uh, we have covered it here on the podcast a couple years ago in the archives. I think it's 
in the 80s, episode 85 or something, if you're interested. Um, but yeah, I would remake Echo the Dolphin, and I'd just make it into something that doesn't suck. Be, <laughs> plain and simple. Thanks, uh, Richter Source, for writing in. Uh, MC Accio wrote in and said, do you like Kit Kat bars? If you do, how do you eat a Kit Kat bar? The community can answer this question as well. I want to prove something to a friend. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I fucking, I haven't met a chocolate bar I don't like, man. I'm a piggy. And I eat my Kit Kat bars like a human. I fucking break them into four, and then I eat them one at a time. It's, if you want to just take a big bite out of a Kit Kat bar, then you go with the Kit Kat Chunky, which is also fucking incredible chocolate bar. But if I mean a standard Kit Kat, you break it into four twigs, and then you just inhale these shovel swigs in your mouth as fast as you can get them in there. Man, when we were in Japan a few years ago, they had Kit Kat bars of like every flavor under the sun. It was fucking unreal. And it was, I was in heaven. God, I love Japan so much. And I do like Kit Kat bars. Uh, thanks for writing in, MC. Finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And I bent my Wookiee. Wrote in and said, hello, Mr. Blank. With all the classic game collections dropping this year, like Sonic, Capcom, Ninja Turtles, etc., what other games would you like to see in a classic collection bundle? Personally, I'd love to see a Mortal Kombat collection. Um... That's a, yeah, actually Mortal Kombat. Like, I don't particularly care about Mortal Kombat. You, maybe you don't know, but I'm not a big fighting game fan, but I think Mortal Kombat's a great pick. Uh, what fighting game collect, or what game, what classic game collections would I like to see? Now, I'm going to keep in mind that I'm not going to say, like, Mario. I'm not going to say Donkey Kong Country. I'm not going to say Zelda, uh, because they have all kind of been released already on, you know, Nintendo Online and stuff like that. Um, as much as I'm a Fairweather RPG fan, I really think that's the obvious answer. Like, I think a six, like a Square Enix uh, 16-bit package, like Final Fantasy 2, 3, or 4, 6, on this, whatever you want to call them. But the two Super Nintendo Final Fantasies, maybe with Final Fantasy 5 in there, maybe Chrono Trigger. Like that, like, dude, you could package Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 6, and Chrono Trigger in a fucking compilation package, and you could sell a thing for 50 bucks. And I know a bunch of you listening to this are like, fuck that! It would sell. And if you don't think it would sell, you're fucking lying to yourself. So, like, I, I'm frankly shocked they haven't done that. So that, to me, seems like the most obvious one. I still think packaging up the OG Pokemon games would fucking print money, too. If you release, like, red, blue, yellow, gold, silver... I don't remember what the third one in that generation was. Diamond? Whatever. But, like, if you fucking like release those in a package, like add a little bit, of, just add online and sell them. You could sell those in a package. Um, and frankly, I still think that might happen. So those are two that jump out to me. If you're asking me personally, which one I would love, I'd like to see Battletoads, take all the old Battletoads games, put them in a compilation and drop them. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I never thought the Ninja Turtles one, the Ninja Turtles one is the one that I want to see the classic Ninja Turtles games in a collection. That's the one I'm after. I'm also very excited about the Sonic one. I own Contra. I own Castlevania. I own both Castlevanias. I own all the Mega Mans. Like, I love buying up those classic collections, and Ninja Turtles is the one. So, um, yeah, the RPGs would be cool. Battletoads would be cool. Oh, dude, a Mario Sports collection. Take the GameCube Mario Sports games and just throw the four of them on one fucking just, just Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, Mario Soccer, and uh, which one am I forgetting? Mario Baseball. Take those four games, put them in a package with online. Full price, I'd buy it. No fucking question in my mind. That would be sick too. But now that we're getting Ninja Turtles, Battletoads is probably the one that I would personally like to see the most. I've said it before. I say it on Game Patch every time one of these compilations comes out. Keep them coming. Make sure they don't suck and I'll keep fucking buying them because I'm a sucker for all that retro gamey goodness. Uh, thank you so much for the question, Bet My Wookie. Thank you to all of you that wrote in. We're getting up to like 50 or 60 comments a week and I only read like six. Um, so it's getting harder and harder to choose. But thank you. I do read them all personally 
And uh, I really appreciate it. Especially those of you that just write in and be like, hey, I just really enjoy your podcast. That that warms my uh, my chubby heart. So thank you very much. But let's change things up. We got to keep the show moving. Let's get to the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, and this time around, we're talking arguably the PlayStation 1's most iconic RPG. So, I don't, would it, like, is it even arguable? Like, I don't even know if I would say that. Like, maybe you don't think Final Fantasy VII is the best RPG in the PlayStation, and that's fine, but, like, I don't think it is arguable. I think that Final Fantasy VII is the most iconic RPG on the PS1. But anyway, uh, we're talking PlayStation RPGs, so I dropped three more of them into the hot seats. We've got Legend of Dragoon, Suikoden 2, and Vagrant Story. And 38% of you voted to play Suikoden, remake Legend of Dragoon, and erase Vagrant Story, which is not what I would do, but for what it's worth, I've played about five hours of Suikoden 2, and I've never touched Legend of Dragoon or Vagrant Story. So my opinion here is about as worthwhile as a low-level Spoonie Bard. So I, I know nothing, all right? Uh, but let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Oh, and I just wanted to point out, too. I see you fucking crumb bums coming into my comment section, putting first time, long time at the beginning of your comments when you write in every week. I fucking know who's actually first time, long time, and who's long time, many time, but playing to be, proclaiming to be first time, long time to try to get read on the show. I fucking see it. And you're all on double secret probation for fucking doing that. As is Master Vivi. Who wrote in, Master VV has been a patron of the show for quite a while, doesn't write in too often, and that's fine. I have no beef with people that just listen from the shadows. That's great. But Master VV decided to write in to play one, remake one, erase one this week, and all they said was, quote, I got nothing. End quote. Your fucking handle is VV. You're named after one of the most iconic characters in RPG history on the PS1. And I I took three PlayStation 1 RPGs that everyone's... I'm spitting all over my desk here. I took three PlayStation 1 RPGs that all you fucking RPG nerds are always like, oh, well, you should really play this one. The experience and the grinding of the HP and the magic points is something spectacular and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm thinking if anyone is going to come in and bring the heat, it's somebody whose literal fucking username is after Vivi. The black mage from Final Fantasy IX, that little wiener that everybody loves. And all you said is, I got nothing? You're damn right you got nothing, because you're on triple secret probation for fucking wasting our... Oh, fuck. I saw that, and I was like, there's no way I'm letting that go. I'm going to light Vivi up. Fucking Vivi. Ah, anyways. Fortunately, a few of you actually wrote in and decided to play one, remake one, and erase one as per the rules. Edridge FPV wrote in and said, this was a good thinker. Uh, no one's ever described anything I've done as a good thinker before. Uh, play Sweet in 2 is it's a classic. I feel it just needs to be re-released. Remake Legend of Dragoon. It had some good and bad, but overall it was pretty good. And Erase Vagrant Story. I've attempted to play this multiple times, but I never ended up finishing it. I have nothing to add to that. That is a 
That's just sound logic. I have no beef with that. Well played, Edridge. Well played. Anthony Jordan wrote in and said, I'll play Vagrant Story. I haven't heard of this game until today, but the cover seems sweet. I like that logic. Remake Legend of Dragoon for sure. I've never played this game fully, and I used to watch my older brother grind through this gem. I still have my copy from the before times long, long ago. I guess to play by the rules, I will act Suikoden in two. Same logic as the play option. I never played it, so if it's gone, oh well. Remember to buy Armor Brand Hot Dogs. Now listen, you would have gotten red on the show because I liked your logic for play remake and erase, but throwing in that just random, remember to buy Armor Brand Hot Dogs. Simpsons quotes, baby. That's the, that's the fucking, that's dropping a Simpsons quote into your fucking, and I don't want everyone just doing this, but dropping your Simpsons quote into your comment on this show is akin to slipping the fucking, um, the bellhop $5 at the hotel or whatever. Like that's, that's you're going to get on. Well done. Uh, flabbergaster wrote in and said, I got to play sweet in two. It's not as good as vagrant story. And it's so much better than dragoon. I'm going to remake vagrant story because it's awesome and could be brought to life with modern stuff. It's also miles ahead of Legend of Dragoon. Erase it because it is a piece of shit. That's a hot take because I thought people thought Legend of Dragoon was like one of the greatest RPGs of all time. But apparently Flabbergaster thinks otherwise. I bet you there's somebody flabbergasted by that comment. Fair enough. I respect the hot, the spiciness. Uh, Doralingus wrote in and said, Remake Legend of Dragoon. That game is updated, or that game with updated graphics and mechanics would be phenomenal. It maybe would even sell well enough to get us a sequel finally. Play Suikoden in 2. That game for me is absolute perfection and erase Vagrant Story. This game was a lot of fun back in the day, but if one's got to go, it's the weakest of the three. Sorry, it's chopped. I got to say, like, I have no beef with your logic, Doralingus, but it fucks with me so hard when you guys put remake and then play. Like when you guys change the order up, I like my simple mind is just like, wait, what? 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 But all right, I got you. So you're going to remake Dragoon, play Suikoden, erase Vagrant Story. All right, fair enough. Brent Scott, a couple more here and we'll wrap this up. Brent Scott said, since this is a PS1, play one, remake one, erase one has to partially be based on graphics. I'll play Suikoden too. I've never played it, but it looks interesting. Most importantly, it's stuck to sprites, so it does not need a visual overhaul. It's actually a rock solid point. Remake Vagrant Story. It had a promising weapon deconstruction and reconstruction system that could benefit from a tutorial a second time around and advance through areas more like Metal Gear Solid while taking advantage of the 3D environments. Plus, the character models could use a facelift from PS1 polygons. And then erase Legend of Dragon some of the selling points from that game can be found in breath of the wild 3 or the record of agarest war games <laughs> you had me until the last sentence of your fucking uh logic brent and then it just that you fucking you went full professor frank with the well we could get rid of dragoon because the same uh <laughs> the, the same uh mechanics could also be found in breath of the wild 3 or record of agarest war games like <laughs> So I, I fuck, this is the nerdiest, like, I don't know that much about RPGs. So whenever we talk RPGs, I'm just like, I feel like Bart riding his bike to the observatory with the fucking super friends, just fucking nerds. I respect your nerdness. I'm a nerd too, but you fucking nerds. Speaking of nerds, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle wrote in and said, play Suikoden 2, it's perfect as it is. Remake Legend of Dragoon, the timing windows on the additions is kind of rough. Just some polish would leave, or would elevate this game even more. Erase Vagrant Story. Sucks to do it, but I can't erase the other two. That wasn't nearly as edgy as I thought it was going to be, Keegs, but fair enough. Uh, a whopping 15% of you took the same tactic to this as I did this week, including David Phillips, who wrote in and said, this one hurts. I'm going to play Legend of Dragoon. It's very unique, and I love the defense options. Uh, I love 
the defense option does something rather than just being a waste of a turn. Remake Vagrant Story. It's a wonderful game, but the slow menu loading really drags the game on when you're switching weapons every single room. And the PS1 graphics could certainly use an update. Erase Suikoden 2. I do love this game, but something has to go. I just wish it didn't have to be this. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. My logic for why I'm playing one remake, one and erasing one is completely different from yours, David, because I have no idea about any of these mechanics you're talking about. But I would go in the same order of you. I would play Legend of Dragoon because people keep fucking asking me to do it and if i race it i'm afraid i'll catch holy hell plus i hate erasing games i've never tried so i'm gonna play legend of dragoon i'm gonna remake vagrant story simply because i've played suikoden and i don't really get it um so i've played it so i'm gonna race suikoden i'll explain that in a second and more people ask me to play legend of dragoon than vagrant story so i'll remake it just kind of out of default and yeah i'm gonna race suikoden too and i have absolutely no beef with this game i've just tried it i haven't tried the other two so I got to get rid of the one that I've at least given a chance to before. So there you go. Thank you to everyone that wrote in this week. Fucking play one, remake one, erase one. Just keeps growing. What have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll get into Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy Tactics, as I've been talking about for weeks. That's going to be our game for episode 200 on June 1st. I'm still not going to tell you what I think of it. You're going to have to wait to hear the podcast come out. Uh, I've been playing Tunic on Xbox Game Pass. It is a very, almost like a remade Link to the Past, but a lot harder. And you're a fox. You're, you look like Link if he was a, a furry. Um, he's like a fox, with, but like with the green tunic and the sword and shield and everything. And uh, I'm really digging it. I'm probably going to do a review of it on Expansion Pass when I'm done. But I'm really, really enjoying that game. Uh, and then I fired up Pokemon Gold. And I know I said it wrong, but it's, I do it just to irk you guys. I'm playing Pokemon Gold uh, because we'll be covering that on the podcast here in the next few weeks. I've never played Gen 2 of Pokemon. And uh, if you want to know what I think of it, you're going to have to wait for the fucking podcast as well. That's what I've been playing. Let's talk Final Fantasy VII. That's why you're here. Normally, we get 15, 20 comments when I ask our listeners to share their memories of a game. We had over 50 this week. Final Fantasy VII, that's an important fucking game. So if you didn't get read, I'm sorry, but I read all of them. Let me rip through a few of these before Daniel and I hogged the microphone. Ben Bullyu wrote in and said, I never played this game as a kid, so I don't have any nostalgia for it. I ended up playing it right at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was hoping it would last me through the whole two-week pandemic. Oh, remember those days. Uh, I ended up loving this game. The characters and especially the world building are excellent, and I ended up completing the remake as well. It quickly became a top three Final Fantasy for me, and I can't wait for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. I can, I mean, it's not a top three Final Fantasy for me, but holy fuck do I agree that I can't wait for Remake Part Two. Fuck me, I can't wait for that. Negaduck wrote in and said uh, bought this when it first came out when I was in college played the hell out of it got everything then never touched it again I love Final Fantasy Tactics and but tried and but tried Final Fantasy 8 and couldn't get into it uh, oh, maybe 8 and 9. But try Final Fantasy 8 and couldn't get into it. This was my last Final Fantasy after starting with 2 and 4 on the SNES. Came back to it after I heard your remake episode. And man, the blocky characters did not age well. But watching Cloud spin his blade at the end of a battle brought back so much nostalgia. My plan is to play the remake this year. Also want to try 9 after all the good things. Okay, so I don't know what you meant after I love tactics. But, but anyway, um, yeah, dude, I like... I could take or leave Final Fantasy VII as far as playing it today, but the nostalgia for this game is, like, almost unparalleled. Like, the music alone. You heard it off the top, you're going to hear more in a minute. Oh, my God. Dark Squall wrote in and said, This game will always have a special place in my heart. It's the very first RPG I ever played. I got a PlayStation in this game for Christmas when I was a kid. Unfortunately, my parents didn't realize you need a memory card for the original PlayStation. I played through the first couple hours of this game probably 30 times before finally getting a memory card. Ah, the memories. Dude, can we all just agree that no more memory cards is maybe the greatest thing about modern gaming? Because it feels like every time we bring up a PlayStation 1 game, I get at least one comment from somebody that was like, I didn't have a memory card, so I just played the tutorial level over and over. And our fucking parents just didn't know. 
Uh, Carlos Ortega wrote in and said, Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite games from the PS1. I remember seeing the commercials for this game and going out and buying it. The only other Final Fantasy game I played before this one was Mystic Quest, which was very basic. Yeah, I've never played Mystic Quest, but my understanding is, yeah, Final Fantasy VII is a little bit beefier than fucking Mystic Quest. And finally, Strife89 wrote in and said, I think my username and profile pic say this already, but this is my favorite video game of all time. The first game I purchased for my PlayStation, which hooked me on the Final Fantasy franchise. I love the characters, the badass villains, and the entire story sucked me in as a kid. And I think that's a lot of us. Like anyone that grew up with this game, whether you like it or not, like it's it's so influential and it's so important and the music and the graphics and the characters and it. It's fucking Final Fantasy VII. Let's talk about it. That's why you kids are here. I've rambled long enough. Let's get into Final Fantasy VII. My buddy Daniel and I are going to look back at it. Before that, I'm going to cue up some music. And when it stops, we are going to take another look at the iconic Final Fantasy VII, which originally released in North America for the PS1 on September 7th, 1997. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001, and a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, Crash Plan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. Crash Plan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans in tiers. So there's a Crash Plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is a uh, a good buddy of mine, one of my oldest chums, one of the mods, one of the power, the the, the mad with power mods over in our Discord. Uh, you may know him as Stupid Monkey. I know him as my buddy Daniel. How's it going, man? Uh, pretty good, buddy. How about you? 
Um, I think I'm good. I, like, listen, we were just talking about this off air. Um, I'm a little nervous about this episode. This is one of those games. This is just like when we did Pokemon. When we covered Pokemon Red and Blue, I said, no matter what we talk about, somebody is going to yell at me for not bringing something up. And that's exactly what fucking happened. And I'm a million percent sure that's going to happen this time. So I'm just getting it out there right now. I got two disclaimers I want to throw at everybody before we start. Number one. This is like a 45-minute to an hour-long discussion. We are not going to cover everything in this fucking game, I promise. So if we forget to bring up your favorite materia or your favorite minigame or Kate Sith as a whole because he fucking sucks, that is not on us. We ran out of time. And number two, uh, uh, what was the second point I was going to make? Oh, right. Uh, we are going to spoil some stuff. There's one, and Daniel, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's one pretty iconic moment in this video game, and... Uh, You've all been warned. If by some fluke you've never played or had Final Fantasy VII spoiled for you, it's, we are going to spoil it. So maybe just listen to one of the other episodes. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think that's fair, yeah. Okay. So first of all, we can talk about the big iconic moment in this game, and that is the moment where if you play your cards right, you get to go on the Gold Saucer date with Barrett. Uh, I've been able to get the date with Barrett. You haven't? Nope. Me I, neither. I've, uh, I've, I almost always get Tifa. Uh, I've had Aerith a couple times, and uh, uh, you know what? Actually, just going to cut in. Do you go with Aerith or Aerith? Oh, yeah. Fuck. That's the other thing. Um, I know that it's like technically Aerith with TH on the end, but I don't give a fuck. I played this game back in high school, and she was Aerith, and she will always be Aerith to me. So yeah, either – what are you going like with? Either is acceptable, but – yeah, I, I always go with Aerith, and, and uh, like ever since I heard that, like it just sounds more right to me. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'll make fun of you for how you pronounce Mako or Mako later, but you know, we'll get to that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, I. you know what? Okay, so like, uh, let's just fucking, you know what's nice about covering this game compared to some of the lesser known games on the show? Some of the lesser known games, I feel like we do need to spend 10 or 15 minutes kind of setting the table and explaining the groundwork for the game. Uh, if by some... This is one of those games where, like, I've learned my lesson about saying everyone that's listening to this has already played this because every single time I say that, I get at least one, like, I've never played it message. Um, so maybe not all of you have played Final Fantasy VII, but I am willing to lay money that there's not a single person listening to this episode that doesn't know about this game. Like, every, like, and, like, the thing is, dude, is, like, some people think it's overrated. Some people think it's underrated. Some people think it's the greatest RPG ever, the greatest game ever, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into all that, but, like, this, and I hope what I'm saying here makes sense. This is one of those like rare games where like everybody knows it. Like it's, it's, and I truly think like, I truly feel that way. Everybody knows this game. No, this, this was a cornerstone game. I mean, it, it it's, it's what, it's what set up the PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, it's also what ended uh, Square and Squaresoft. Yeah. Like uh, I would argue like, I don't think this is an exaggeration. And I'll be honest, I I don't know if I think this game is overrated, but I don't like it as much as some people do. But I will say that, like, I, I would put this game in the same conversation as, like, Super Mario Brothers and Doom as far Absolutely. as, like, the most influential video games ever made. Ever. Absolutely. And it's Without not... Uh, right? And it's not because it's the first Final Fantasy, and it's not because, as far as I'm concerned, it's not the best Final Fantasy. It's just... it's 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 like you said, like... You could make an argument for Metal Gear Solid. You could maybe make an argument for like Resident Evil, maybe Crash Bandicoot, I guess. But like when I think of the PlayStation, like Final Fantasy VII 
is like that's the game. Well, I bought it, and then I was talking talking to to some family members. Like, oh, we have a PlayStation that we don't use. Why don't we just give you ours? So I went and returned uh, my PlayStation. I'd gotten the free copy of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, and this is when they just, you know, when you got a free thing, they just gave you one from the box behind the counter. They didn't scan it in. So they're like, uh, well, the game's yours. So oh, shit. I got free. Wait, wait, wait. So you bought a PlayStation that came with a free copy of Final Fantasy VII, then returned your PlayStation, but they let you keep the free video game? Yep. Jesus. Was it a, was it at GameStop, EB Games, whatever? No, this uh, it was at Superstore, actually. Ah, Superstore. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was gonna say, like, no wonder GameStop's fucking going out of business. Jesus Christ! They just gave away fucking copies of Final Fantasy for free. But okay, it was Superstore. All right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I actually I know three people that got free copies of this game for a similar, but not quite the same reason. That's insane, dude. Holy fuck! Like, and that's yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like, and, and I get that you guys got it for free, but like, that's what I'm talking about when I say Final Fantasy VII belongs in that class with like Super Mario Bros. and stuff like that, because like. The the PlayStation existed before Final Fantasy VII, and it had great games before Final Fantasy VII and everything like that. But like, this is the like I want to know how many I would, lo- and you'll never know. I would love to know what percentage of PlayStation One owners bought that console to play Final Fantasy VII. Like, I would love to because it's got to be massive. And this is not a gaming history podcast. Many of you know that. I don't get too into the you know the fucking behind-the-scenes interwebbings of the fucking video game world, but, like, Final Fantasy was a Super Nintendo IP. Like, that's where Final Fantasy was. And then when the Nintendo 64 went to cartridges, they are like, Final Fantasy VII is going to be, like, 3,000 cartridges. So then it went over to PlayStation to be on CD. Like, it cannot be understated just how big of influence this game had. Like, I would argue that the Final Fantasy VII is the reason PlayStation destroyed the Nintendo 64 as hard as it did. And Nintendo never recovered from that. I know they're killing it right now. I love Nintendo. But PlayStation, like them or not, have been the kings of gaming for like 25 years. And it all goes yeah. back to this game. And look at that. Case in point. A whole bunch of your friends. I know you got them for free. But they were. I'm sure they were buying PlayStations to play Final Fantasy VII, right? Like, yep. fucking unbelievable, yeah. man. Anyways. Okay, so okay, so we we disagree on Aerith's name already. I wanted to ask you, uh, do you like Aerith? Aerith? I I can't fucking I can't fucking stand her. So I'm curious. No, I, I oh, never never liked her. I found her annoying. I found her annoying to all end in this game. Uh, you know what? I I am glad that she wasn't around. I never used her come the end of the game for obvious reasons, and I was very okay with that. Yeah, me too. I don't know if that's a popular take or not, but like like by far. Like, I'm just like, at least of your party members, like, are we in agreement that Kate Sith is the worst one? Yeah, yeah, okay. If I had to pick between either taking Kate Sith or Aerith, I'm taking Aerith. Sure, but okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sith is the that, fucking that's worst. The only exception. Sith is the yeah, fucking Kate Sith is absolutely useless. Oh my god, I fuck. And the thing is, is like, why couldn't it just so like again i'm not most episodes i try to set the table i'm just expecting that you know something about final fantasy 7 this week if you're listening to this and if by chance you don't this is one of our revisited episodes you can go back to like i don't remember now episode 9 or 10 where we first covered final fantasy 7 and then we'll probably give you a little bit more of the lay of the land of the story and everything i just want to get like we're on time i want to get right into the characters and everything by far kate sith is maybe the worst character in any final fantasy game ever and the thing about it is like the character story is like 
moderately cool like that it was like controlled by a, you know was it one of the turks i think it was one of the turks controlled kate sith or was it just uh, a member of Shinra? It, was, uh, it was reeve so he was one of the the board members right he was, it was one, guy right thank you so like yeah like that's kind of neat i guess but like why couldn't it have been like a cooler looking character or why couldn't one of the Turks have just joined you or like that? Imagine if like one of the Turks had, had secretly joined you instead or something like that, as opposed to this crappy. And I guess maybe they like, part of it was they were like, well, we can use them as like a sacrificial lamb because if you kill him, it doesn't matter. Cause another Kate Sith is going to come along. But like, I just hate, I hate, I hate the way that the character plays. I hate the way it looks. I hate the way it talks. I hate everything about the the only character I put in the same discussion is them. Like that's that's the Spoony Bard from Final Fantasy IV, Edward. That's fucking Quinoa or whatever the fuck that chef thing is in Final Fantasy IX. That's this character, and I don't understand why does Final why do Final Fantasy games always have to have a dud? Like why is it just to make the other characters look better? I don't get it. I it fucking drives me crazy. I hate Kate Sith so much. Why couldn't that thing have been optional? Instead of Yuffie and Vincent, why couldn't Kate Sith have been fucking optional? That, well, that would have been good, except, you know, of course, he's required, you know, he's part of the story in so many parts, because the, the whole sacrificial thing is is uh, part of it, because that's how you get the black materia. Sure, but you could and, have wrote around uh, that. Oh, oh, absolutely. Fuck but uh, I, I know part of it is, like, the joke character is, is a very common trope in, in Japanese media, and... I mean, it's a Japanese game. I guess so. At the, you know, I'm as white as you get. But at the end of the day, this game was written by Japanese. It was, uh, you know, it's same with all the other Final Fantasies. It drew on a lot of Japanese inspiration for things, and uh, like the whole the whole setting, the whole uh, industrialized bit was the whole. It was based on the whole industrialization of Japanese culture thing. Ugh just fucking hate him like even if like when you die when he dies to get the black material like why couldn't he have killed him off and then have like reeve or somebody fucking show up like i ah anyway um i'm trying to think like so i don't like kate sith i i don't like i get why Aerith is so important eris but like i don't like her i'm glad that she died like i fucking can't stand her and in the remake which i don't really want to get into the remake i want to talk about the base game but like now that she has a voice like i hated her even more like i've always been a tifa guy like and it's, I'm oh, not talking, absolutely. like, sex appeal or anything. Like, listen, like, of course we all know they're hot. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, they sexualize, yeah. like, half the characters in these games. That's not the point. I just think Tifa's cooler. Like, I think she's a better story. I like the childhood friend. She's a badass. Like, Tifa's fucking... I would go as far as say Tifa's, like, one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters ever. She's awesome. No, I, I, I'd get behind that. Um, she's my favorite in this game. She's Bye. It's always a toss-up depending on the day you ask me. It's either Tifa or Sid. Yeah, Sid's my favorite by a mile. Sid, dude, like, the Sid in this game is the best Sid in any Final Fantasy. And for my money, the Sid in this game is my favorite character in any Final Fantasy. I fucking, I adore that man. He is just a crusty, bitter old fucking pilot with his giant spear. And he can fucking call in airships to bomb people. And then when Cloud fucking get sick or whatever they make sid the captain because everyone's like well at least he's like we all respect him he's fucking sid i i love it drives me crazy that he's the last guy to join your team because he's my favorite one in the game i wish that we had him way earlier yeah Uh, one of the things i like is like i mean 
he he covers a lot of my two of my favorite things from Final uh, both mine and your favorite one, the Final Fantasy Four. Is he's the angry he's a grumpy angry mechanic just like Sid in, in that one, and he's the he's the, he fills the dragoon role the whole spirit jumping yeah. thing yeah and that was Kane was one of my favorite characters in that one like just dragoons in general in Final Fantasy games yeah and then the fact that he's the grumpy swearing mechanic who like deep down is a good guy and and you know that but you know he's still gonna swear at everything and and all that. Yeah. Uh, on top of it, like you know, it's nice he owns up to it when he realizes that he was wrong. Like, the whole reason he was, you know, he got pissed off at what's her name. Uh, you know, she was right, and he actually owns up to it and apologizes. His uh, his wife or whoever she was, the one that like cost him his trip. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing about Sid is like that's a great backstory, and I and I want to get into the backstories in this game because one of my like. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a beef with Final Fantasy VII. It's just that, like, I do think there's some... And I think most most fans would agree, like, it, when you're playing the original game, and this is before the spinoffs and the fucking movie and the remake and all that, like, there's some points in this story that are kind of lost in translation. Like, there, I remember finishing this game back in high school and then being like, I don't quite... Like, who the fuck is Zach? Like, what the fuck happened here? Like, there's some things that are a little bit confusing in this game. And we'll get into that. Yeah. But like Sid, his story makes complete sense. He wanted to be the oh, world's absolutely. first astronaut. Everything fell apart. He's really pissed off about it. Like I, everything about him makes him a great character. And I don't know why I have such a, like a fetish for this, but the fact that they make him the leader when cloud leaves, I think that's what solidified him as my favorite. And I don't under, I really don't get what tickles my fancy about that. I just thought it was so cool. Like I just, like, cause like Barrett wanted to be the leader, but everyone's like, oh, fuck off Barrett. Who I'm going to get into in a minute. Cause I don't really like Barrett either, but like Sid fucking Sid's the man. Sid's the fucking best. I love that guy. Mm. Um, yeah. who would you say? So we both agree that Sid's our favorite. And then, uh, Tifa, we both agreed was probably number two. Uh, who would you say is your number three, your third favorite character? If you're rounding out your top three. Um, I, I like, I like Barrett. Do you like, okay. All right. Well, go ahead then. Like, so what, uh, like, why do you like Barrett? I'll give you the floor. I don't dis. I don't hate Barrett. Like he's not Kate Sith. I just, he's middle of the pack for me, but like, why do you like Barrett so much? He's the big, loud, angry guy. That is he, all his competence and, and, and the things he can do right are so hampered by his, his personality and whatnot. Uh, you know, and he's the, he's the military guy that is kind of a screw up, but wants to do the right thing. Uh, I al I always liked that he just wanted to be a good dad. He does, yeah. That's a that's yeah. yeah I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I think that's probably like you know what you know what it is that I don't like about Barrett, and this is gonna sound really stupid considering we're talking about a fucking fantasy video game. I hate the gun arm. I don't know why. I just think that's so, like, who the fuck loses their hand and then says, give me a gun? Like, who, and what doctor is like, okay, like, that makes you, sure. Like, what, that bugs me so much. It's just, like, I like Final Fantasy VIII, and don't yell at me. I know I'm in the minority. I like Final Fantasy VIII, but the gun blade is so stupid, a sword oh, gun. And I hate the idea that you took this, like, look at Barrett. Barrett is a very intimidating looking man to begin with. The dude is a fucking house. Like, he's Brock Lesnar in Final Fantasy. He's a goddamn beast. 
And then you put a fucking cannon on his arm. I don't know why yeah. that, and like, but he really wants to be a good dad. Well, how does he be a good dad? He picks his little girl up in his cannon arm. He like literally tucks her in with a fucking gun. It drives me fucking insane. Like I just, that's always been my beef with them. Cause I agree with you. Like there's some great story there. He's got layers. He's like an onion. Like, I like that he wants to be a good dad. I like that he's trying to stick up for the planet, but I like that he gets so angry all the time and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm, I'm down with all of that. I like the whole story with him and his buddy there who also fucking lost his arm and got a gun fucking put on it, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's just the gun arm that fucking drives me insane. It just feels so gimmicky. I, I'm, I don't know. I, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I fucking hate the gun arm. Character-wise, though, he's a good character. I, I'll agree with that. No, I, I, I think it's hilarious that you've got easily the most physically imposing guy, and he's the gun, and he's the he's the gun guy. Exactly. Like fucking. That's why couldn't like give Kate Sith the fucking gun? Like let his fucking robot body open up and have a gun in it. That would make total sense. I'd be like, sure. He's a weapon from Shinra. That makes sense. Not this fucking widower father who fucking wants to help his little girl. Like ah fuck. Anyways. I know I'm going too far into it, but okay. I can get on board with your logic. I, I like your logic. Yeah. Um, um, and then uh, um, after that's probably Vincent. Like see, I'll, I'll admit, I, I know it, it's dumb and whatnot, but I, I did like the, the grumpy loner aesthetic. I like the, the armored arm. I, yeah. Okay. I can get on board with that. Vincent, Vincent's my number three. And it's funny because he's my le- – I never use him in the game. I fucking – because his yeah, limit, I, I, like, I his limit fucks you. Great, and then I never use him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you go get him. And I – dude, his story that, like, he was this fucking, like, science experiment. He used to be a Turk and all that. Like, all of that, so badass. And he looks badass. And he's, like, cool as a cucumber. And that's all rad. But I hate his limit break because he turns into a monster that you can't control. And it just ends up, half the time it just ends up fucking you. Where he ends up healing the fucking opponent as opposed to hurting them. Drives yeah. me insane. So, like, I, yeah. he's my third favorite character, but I never fucking use him ever. Um, yep. Who haven't uh, we talked about other than, we'll save Cloud for last. Oh, Yuffie. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, you, then you, honestly, Cloud is one of my, le- uh, my least favorite. He's probably my second least favorite after Kate Sith. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like he. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Okay, I, just quickly. Like, have you got any hot takes on Yuffie? I think she's fine. I could live or die without her. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm indifferent. You know, the obnoxious teenager is. It's a trope, and it's a trope that's there for a reason. It works. Yeah. It I does. just don't care. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I, 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 I never use her either. No, me neither. Yeah, not really. Although I, I no, you know what? I was gonna say the Final Fantasy VII remake DLC. She's pretty rad in it, but I don't want to. We'll stay away from that. We'll stick to the game. So then, is that is that every? I think. Oh, oh god! If we forget someone, we're gonna take shit. But is all that left is Cloud? Uh, and then Red Thirteen. I just oh yeah. Whoo! Thanks, buddy. That would have been uh, holy fuck. I can't imagine the emails I would have fucking gotten if we had forgotten Red Thirteen. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Red Thirteen, best dog, best doggy ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, I like him. Uh, I don't know where I'd slot him in. He'd probably be like, he'd probably be like right behind Vincent for me. He'd be in that three, four slot. I think red 13s cause yeah. I love animals and yeah. I like, he is like a wolf, right? 
he, he yeah, he's like a coyote I'm, wolf thing. Yeah, like he's a dog he, yeah, of some kind. Yeah, he's he's some wolf thing. I mean, you know, he's something. He lives for five hundred years based on that end scene. So. Yeah, he's like he's. I look at him as like the splinter of the team. Like yeah. I like he's the only like I know they make Sid the number one after Cloud leaves, but like I could have lived with Red Thirteen being number one as well, just because he's old yeah. and everyone like listens to him and respects him and he's experienced. Um, but he, he's not that old. He's he's the equivalent. Like he's I, I think they say he's about fifty or so, but in in like his species years, he's the equivalent of a sixteen year old. Right? Yeah, he's like a teenager by like his standards or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The the you know what wins me over with Red Thirteen is the very first time you run into him. And he's like acting like he's gonna attack Eris, and then afterwards he's like, "Hey, sorry about that. I was just trying to fool him." Um, yeah. I just like I don't know what it is. I just thought that was so. I thought that was great writing. I thought it was clever, and I was like, "Man, what a cool character!" And like, I just never. I don't understand how anyone could have a beef with Red Thirteen. Like, he just seems like such a. He's just rad. I just. I'm a fan. I like that guy a lot. I can't believe we forgot. Oh my god! Thank you for catching that. That would have been ugly. And I knew yeah. there was somebody. I'm thinking like, there's got to be somebody we're forgetting. Um, so then that, that brings us to cloud and, uh, I, I kind of agree with you, but I want to hear what you have to say before I go off. Like, so you said he might be your second least favorite after Kate Sith or about between the two. Kate Sith is really, truly horrible. Yes. Um, but like part of it's like just the way the story works and cloud, you know, like clouds, I don't want to say boring because like there's a lot to him, but he's kind of boring. He's just generic action. He's super low. And then he's, you know, and then he has a small episode and then he's back to being generic. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. And like, I know we're going to probably take some shit for this. Like, I don't hate cloud. I think he's okay. But like, and again, you've got to remember too, like if we're just talking the base game, I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. I would like to know what you thought about this, but like, all the flashbacks, like the flashbacks of him, like going with Tifa to the reactor and then finding out that it was, he wasn't him, but he was like a regular soldier and Zach was there. And then him and Zach went off and the Zach died and then he survived and whatever. Like I was thoroughly lost by the end of this game. When I played it back in like 1997 or whatever year it was, it came out and the other shit, like I didn't have all the other media and stuff. I didn't quite understand what all that was about. And once you throw all those layers into him, I think he's like, I'm like, all right, he's, he's kind of a cool character. I don't know what it is about him. I don't like, to me, he just doesn't come across as likable. Like I'm like, no. like Cecil in Final Fantasy four, likable and Tara in Final Fantasy six. She's awesome. Like she's likable. Squall sucks. Squall in Final Fantasy eight is worse than cloud. Like Squall yeah. is fucking terrible. Uh, yes. Zidane in Final Fantasy nine. I love that kid. He's beauty. Titus is an annoying wiener, but at least he's like, I'm like, I, at least there's, I get it. But like cloud, like, and I guess maybe it's just kind of, um, you know, part of the, you know, a, a product of the times, but like, he just comes across as like too cool for school, but in kind of a boring way. Yeah. You know, and he has moments of brilliance. Like there's moments about him that I really like. Like, I like how tender he can be when he's around Tifa. Like, and they talk about like their past. Um, yeah. and how vulnerable he can be sometimes. And like, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Daniel, the motorcycle escape from the Shinra building is fucking badass. Like Absolutely. that. Like, no, that. No, like when, when, when the, 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 uh, anima animation there kicks in and you see him on the bike 
Like when it Tifa runs up, it's like, quick, come this way. And they're like, where's Cloud? And it's coming. And then, you know, the music kicks in and you see him like, that is, that, that section is great. That's legitimately my single favorite moment in any Final Fantasy game is that that yeah. part where they're all in the back of the truck and fucking, and then cloud just takes off on his motorcycle with his fucking 12 foot long sword. That makes no sense in the world of physics, but I love it anyways. Like that's badass. but there's just, I agree with you, man. I don't know why I don't like, I don't hate cloud. I just like, he, he kind of comes across as just like, a, and I guess he is, but he comes across as like a moody teenager. And I'm just like, I would rather remove you from my party and roll a group of like, I would like to roll a group of Sid, Tifa, and Red 13. Like, I don't need you. But unfortunately, other than a short time when he's sick or whatever, you kind of have to have him in your fucking party. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. So uh, where do you stand on, on, uh, and we still have to talk about that fucking long haired villain. Um, But where do you stand on Zach? Like, I don't, from this game, I don't, and then now I get it. I don't entirely understand Zach. I don't really care about him in this game. So, the game made me want to know more about Zach. Uh, like, you know, and I, I didn't quite get the story back then. I was, like, especially replaying, I just replayed it uh, to get ready for this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I was closer than I thought I was. For, for how I thought the story went. But, like, I mean, I miss things. Like, there's one spot where you run into one of the towns and you, uh, you run into Zach's parents. Yeah. And they're like, you know, hey, do, you know our, do you know our son? Uh, like, I mean, the whole Zach being uh, Aerith's first boyfriend, which I thought was dumb and had no real points. Me too. Um, but that might just be, personally speaking, that might be my anti-Aerith stance. That I just well, was like, I don't give a fuck who you dated. I hate you. Well, and I mean, I like, I think it was supposed, to, I mean, I think it was supposed to push the whole, because I mean, the, the game and, and media is trying to tell you that, you know, Aerith was is the girl for, for Cloud, and I, I hardly disagree. Yeah. But, like, I, I think it was kind of meant to be that, like, you know, hey, it's, you know, it's, but it was, it was that, that was the stuff. But I mean, like, Zach, the game made me want to know more about Zach, like, he owned. Where, where did he get the big sword from? And and then I know we find that out in some of the spinoffs, but in the game, like he had that, you know, for a guy that was as trained, well-trained as he was, like he was, you know, his best friend at team was just a common soldier. Yeah. You know, and, and he, like, I want to, I feel like, I don't know, maybe they were under like time constraints or something, or maybe they ran out of room. I don't know. But like, I, I feel like there could have been more there. Like, why couldn't there have been a couple hours of, like, playable flashback? Like, why couldn't that, you have, like, played... Like, I know that you do kind of play that part where you go to the reactor and stuff like that, but, like, I would have liked to have seen more of that flushed out. Like, really tell us who this Zach guy is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I... Like, because I get that, like, some people think he's the coolest character in the whole franchise, and he's, like, very arguably, and in some ways, kind of like the heart of Final Fantasy VII, right? Like, without ever really seeing or playing with him. Like, he's so important, but, like, I wish that they had done more with him. Because I really do. And, frankly, I think that it would make me li- have liked Cloud a little more back then, too, if I kind of more understood what was going on between him and Zach. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like, all the all the parts that you start to really like about Cloud, you realize they're all ba- are basically the parts that he appropriated from Zach. Yeah. 
And like uh, maybe some people are gonna think I'm stupid, but like playing it the very first time, like I I thought Zach was like a like a made up alter ego of Clouds. Like until you run into his parents and his parents are like, Have you seen him? And then I was like, Well, what the fuck? So who is this guy? Like, and right there, that would have been a perfect or like when he wakes up from his Mako poisoning or whatever and he fucking remembers it, like there would have been a like there could have been an opportunity to just give you a little bit more meat on the Zach bone. That's all. Um, but he's cool. Like, I think he looks cool. I think he looks cooler with the black hair than cloud does with the blonde hair. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And then of course there's Sephiroth and I know some people think he's the greatest villain in the history of Final Fantasy. What's that? Uh, like I, I, I'm of the, like, I love Final Fantasy seven. It's my second favorite Final Fantasy game. I think it's become a bit overhyped. And and it it has the the thing, and you you see it a lot in in, in sports and whatnot, where where you got somebody or something that starts to believe its own hype, right? And I find Fantasy Seven falls into that, and nothing embodies that more than Sephiroth. Yeah, dude, it's tricky because like, if you want to listen, if you want to, if you're listening to this or whatever, if you want to sit here and tell me that Sephiroth is the coolest villain in Final Fantasy history, I will like circle gets the square. I agree. Like Sephiroth is pretty fucking cool. That scene with him standing in front of the fire and turning around and walking away. Like, I'm, I am a heterosexual man. And that scene turns me on a little, like he is a badass. Like that's, that's dope. I just like to say he's the greatest villain ever. I'm like, Kefka's got something to say about that. I don't think Sephiroth is that evil. I think Sephiroth is just a mama's boy. Who's mad. Well, he he just, He's not the. He, he's just insane, and not the 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 Joker or Kefka insane. He's just legitimate, and you, you're not even fighting Sephiroth. Like all the cool things that Sephiroth does in this are all like the 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 memories and the hallucinations and things. When you finally meet Sephiroth, he's half a body frozen in a crystal. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like. And like, listen. Before you start setting your hate mail and everything for those of you that love Sephiroth, like I like him. I would put him. Like, quite frankly, Final Fantasy IV is my, uh, that's my baby. Many of you know that. Same with Daniel. But, like, I, I think Sephiroth's cooler than, than Golbez or any of the villains in Final Fantasy IV. Like, I oh, like, I like Sephiroth. Like, he's, he's neat. And the thing about Sephiroth is, like, he looks like a legitimate threat. Like, with the long hair and that giant sword. And the one thing I really do like about that flashback to the reactor is just when you see how powerful he is. And that's back then like with all his yeah. fucking materia and stuff like that. And you're like, this guy is a badass. And I get why like the whole planet's teaming up to try to stop him. I just, I, I think you nailed it when you were talking about like believing your own hype. It's not that he's a bad villain or anything by any stretch. I just don't like, I don't think he holds a torch to somebody like Kefka. Like Kefka is, you nailed it, dude. Kefka is the Joker of final fantasy. And and the Joker, as much as I'm a Marvel guy, the Joker is the greatest comic book villain of all time. Like, the Joker is magnificent. And so, like, it's not that I'm anti-Kefka, or pardon me, Sephiroth, but I'm just like, he's not, I'm sorry, but he's not Kefka. He's fine. He's a he's a second or third level Final Fantasy villain. Coolest Final Fantasy villain. There's a reason he's in Smash Bros and fucking Kefka or Golbez isn't. <laughs> like, I get that. But I just, yeah, like, I, I almost, 
like I almost kind of feel bad for him sometimes. Like I don't want to stop him. Like I do want to stop him, but like I kind of feel for the guy. Like I kind of want to just like give him a hug. Man, this game would be completely different if uh, if, if the the world was more open to therapy like it is now. Absolutely. Yeah, people would be like, we don't need to go kill this kid in that crater. We need to just like fucking just take him out for lunch and talk to him. Like the guy's you know, been through some shit. Sephiroth never actually learned because I mean he 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 realizes that he's just an experiment, but he's he's not entirely. He's still because he thinks he's just a, a clone or whatnot or, or Tetsubin, but he was still an actual like Hojo's his actual biological father. Yeah, which makes it hilarious that he hates Hojo. Yeah, exactly. Um. I just, like, this is just me when it comes to comics, movies, video games, anything. I I know some people like a villain that you can almost sympathize with. I, I don't. Like, most of my favorite villains are the ones where I'm like, you are like Kefka, are like the Joker, are like Carnage. No redeemable qualities. You're like, this yeah. is just a human piece of shit. Like, those are my favorite villains. Because when I, I love antiheroes like Venom. And so I'm not saying Sephiroth is an anti-hero, but he very easily could have been. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to stop this guy. I want to convince him to work with us, you know? Yeah. Like Shinra's the bad, like, again, just me. And maybe this is, oh man, I can just imagine the fucking letters. I'm like the emails I'm going to fucking get over this episode. <laughs> but like, I think it would have been cool if by the end of the game, you teamed up with Sephiroth to stop Shinra. As opposed to you almost team up with Shinra to stop Sephiroth because the whole world comes together to stop Sephiroth. But, like, I get that Sephiroth is more powerful than Shinra is. I just... Anyway. Um, Okay, I think we covered all the basic characters. I mean, like, is there any other... Like, we still have to get into, like, the materia and and stuff like that. Is there any other characters that we didn't bring up that you... I think the Turks are cool. I don't have anything else to add to them. I just think they're cool. I, I always like the Turks in this, but a lot of my fondness for them comes from the other media. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, once they start getting, like, actual voice acting, like, they almost come across as, like, a far more competent Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, like they're, like, like they're charming. Like, I think they're just, I just think they're charming, cool characters that I, yep. I love the Turks. I, I fucking, I wish, dude. Okay. So I wanted to get into this. Like you grew up playing this game, just like me back in the early angel fire geo cities, internet days. There were so many fucking rumors floating around on the internet about this game. Obviously the big one was whether or not you could revive Eris. Um, yeah, that, which, that was debunked completely. It was, but it, like, it, well, I, it pulled up game code and there's absolutely no, no way of bringing her back. No, but I will say, uh, I don't know about you, and it's funny because I didn't like I didn't hate her back then like I do now, but like I I spent quite a bit of time pretty obsessed with those rumors and just trying to see like is it possible? Is there really a way to do it? I still think it would have been cool. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you know, I'm fairly. Can you do it in the Japanese version? No. Nope. No. Okay. Because I, there's. I, I am almost entirely positive you couldn't. Because there's uh, like because a, there's like the little. The there's just like the little things like when you see her in the church, like that flat, like that half a second of her, the garden and stuff like that. And it just, it feels like it was something they thought about putting in the game and then changed their mind. And I don't, I don't know if that's the actual story or not, but um, I think it would have been cool if you could. Having said that, I do think it's better for the game that you can't. I agree. Right. Like, yeah, that, that and that, I know I joked off the top that the big moment was Barrett going on the date at the Gold Saucer, but it's obviously the moment that Sephiroth kills Eris. 
And I feel yeah. for anybody that played this game already knowing that was coming. Uh, because that is bar none. I don't know. Is that a top five shocking moment in the history of video games? That like, I it's iconic. Cause I mean, you didn't have, you had very few games that had like character death on that, or at least there was, you know, it was cases where a character dies and is replaced by their twin brother that has exactly the same spells. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. Um, but you know, like that was one of the first times where you had a character or something uh, die like that, and and it comes out of nowhere. Like I mean, it's at that point in the game, you're you're she's your bigger you're she's generally your magic user. Um, she was easily the best for that because she was useless as an attacker. Yeah, she was your she was absolutely like your white mage and everything, and she was real dude. Yeah. Like I've never seen her limit break because like I just. <sighs> I didn't fucking spend all the time in disc one grinding up to get her limit break. Yeah. But like they give you no inkling that she's going to die. If you don't know, you could spend countless hours grinding away on her character only to like lose all that work. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because she was your most people's main healer, a lot of people did. I know I spent the, the time to, to level her up so that she would survive fights that she could keep everybody healed. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and, like, I mean, you're getting all the weapons and things for her. There's absolutely no clue that it's about to happen and that it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and I don't know why it hits so hard because, like, going, I'm not going to spoil the names of the characters in case anyone hasn't played it, but, like, characters die off in Final Fantasy IV, like, at random intervals, including a certain scene where somebody, and again, I'm trying to be as vague as possible to not ruin anything, and I don't want to say any more about it because I give away who it is, uh, but a certain stone spell is cast to keep characters from getting crushed between walls. And like that moment, I was like, what? No! But like, you don't have the, you don't have the, the that character in your party for like a whole disc, like 15 hours yeah. of game or whatever that you've like, like to, this was like, I couldn't believe it. And like, I remember when it happened and I was like, well, at some point she's coming back, right? Like at some point we're going to go down to the bottom of the water and get her or fucking something. Uh, no, you just never, get, what the fuck? Like I easily one of the biggest, what the fuck just happened moments in the history of video games. Yeah. Um, and I will say that like, I like, I I love how blocky the characters look in the original Final Fantasy VII, like how they look like they're made of cardboard boxes and stuff. But like, oh, I, I love that aesthetic. I, I I still want to get those. I know there's uh, you can get like those those polygonal figure thingies there. Yeah. I want to. Dude, have you ever seen the picture of the? Uh, I, maybe there's more than one, but there were people at like a Comic Con or something, and they dressed as the characters from Final Fantasy VII, but in that like polygonal style. They look yeah, awesome. I, I they look awesome. Oh, they look so rad. But like, I, so I love the way they look like that, but I also think it hits even harder when they go to the cutscenes where they look like real people. And like, and there's two different kinds of, of like, of the cutscenes. There's like the ones where they're like short and stocky and kind of cartoony looking. And then there's the ones where they look like beasts. Like they look like real humans. And I think those moments hit even harder. And again, like that whole scene of Sephiroth coming down from the sky and stabbing Eris and then the holy material falling into the water and then Cloud releasing her into the water and all of that. Um, I think it's it's magnificent. I truly think it's one of the coolest moments, not only in Final Fantasy, but like in video game history. And maybe that's uh, just because I'm so excited that Eris is dead. I don't know. But like, I, I, I that's a really cool... I, there's something about like... 
Listen, video games today are rad. You play Final Fantasy 15, and whether you like that game or not, I don't. But whether you like that game or not, like, it looks really good the whole time. But there's something yeah. to be said for a game like Final Fantasy 7 where there's just instances where they look real and how much heavier those scenes hit because of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, uh, one. Of, I, I like stylized things, and some of that's my you know, my art training from the my first trip through college and whatnot. Uh, like that one, that was one of the issues I have with Final Fantasy VIII. Is it just they took away all those stylizations and and tried to make things realistic, but it made it all kind of blur together. Whereas this one, you're right. It's you have the the different levels of cinematics, and it really made those those uh, those uh, those 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 bits hit so much harder. Yeah, agreed. Um, man, I okay. So like, I think. I mean, we've covered the basics of the story. We've covered the characters. Um, I mean, I guess we touched on the graphics. I don't have much to add about the graphics other than, like, I actually think they look pretty good. Like, obviously, they don't look like Final Fantasy VIII, which I agree with you. Like, I like Final Fantasy VIII, and I think it looks okay, but, like, it's almost a little bit boring at times to look at. Whereas, like, seven, yeah. 7 looks almost kind of like a cartoon. I think 9. And it's not fair to compare Final Fantasy 7 to Final Fantasy 9. That's like comparing, like, Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers 3. Like, they'd had the hardware for a while and everything. But, like, I like that more cartoony, less realistic-looking vibe um, that yeah. like Final Fantasy 7 has. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, and I remember this from, like, playing it back in high school when it came out, especially growing up playing Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo so much, um... I think the battles, like the combat scenes with like the big 3D characters and everything like, and the different camera angles at different times and stuff like that. Um, I, maybe I'm making too much out of it, but like, I love the way the battles look in this game. I love I, it. I, the only issue with that is when sometimes you know, like, if you're trying to cast revive or something, you'd it'd be a bad camera angle. And you're, you know, you end up picking the wrong character, and it's like, oh, well, great! I just wasted my my last yeah. phoenix down. You know, like I mean, minor issues like that, but the actual, I, I like that uh, the battles. Um, I like the way that it wasn't always the exact same screen setup. Yeah, I, I wish. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I wish that, like, you know, how they have the the classic gloved finger pointing at what you're going to interact with. I wish yeah. that it had been on the names at the bottom as opposed to picking the character. Yeah. Um, just because, again, to avoid that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I think it looks cool. You know what part I think of is the very first fight when Cloud jumps off the train and fights the two guards. And just yeah. seeing, like, wow, look at this. And then that first kind of, like, almost that, like, tutorial boss fight against that scorpion robot thing where you're Cloud and Barrett and he, like... He's like, the tail's up, don't attack, the tail's down, get him, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, like, just seeing the characters, like, to go from the Super Nintendo sprites that don't move, and, like, they run forward, and then they just swing their hand twice and come back, which I I also think is gorgeous. I love that art style. But then to see them, like, in, like to see them in, like, big 3D, albeit kind of Lego bricky-looking characters, like Cloud and that giant fucking sword, and him standing there, like, looking forward like Archon with that big sword in his hand and bear it with his tuck my daughter in fucking super cannon on his arm. Um, like it just looks so cool. Like Tifa, as opposed to like, an, if you were playing final fantasy four, if you were playing the 16 bit RPGs and Tifa attacked, like she would just like punch the air twice and that would be it. Whereas like in this game, you see her fucking go off 
especially on the limits and stuff. And I just think that looks so like, I don't know, maybe people take it for granted today. And if you didn't grow up playing the games before it, maybe it doesn't hit as hard, but like, I really think it looks special, the, the combat in this game. Um, and I also wanted to shout out limits because with the exception of Vincent, whose limit fucking sucks. I love limit breaks and I love but how, what? how much work they put into the animations of them and stuff. I, I thought they were good. I like that they're they're all different and they're all like they're I mean they're unique. Like they all make sense for the character. Uh, you know, like clouds are all very chop, super chop. super choppy chop. Uh, you know, Tifa yeah. slot machine beat the crap out of him. Um, Barrett just gets progressively stronger. You know, uh, laser rays. Uh, Sid bounces between either uh, technology. The one where he takes a stick of dynamite, lights it with a cigarette, and then throws it at them. Yes, dude, that they gave him a cigarette. Like, how badass yeah. is that? Like, don't smoke, yeah. kids. And I'm not endorsing it. smoking. But like, yeah. God, Sid is fucking cool, man. He's so fucking cool. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash remember the game. Uh, yeah. like uh, my favorite is and I maybe I haven't played this game in its original version in like 20 years but like doesn't Sid call in the high wind yeah the last the, yeah the, that, that's his ultimate one there is uh, yeah he calls I mean it's you just it's just a bunch of missiles appearing and, and blowing the enemies but it's that's still pretty badass that this yeah. guy calls in a fucking airship and it like has yeah. it coming oh that's fucking sick I fuck I love Sid so much um so I like that. I think we've, we've touched on the graphics. Um, so the other, the, and if there's anything else that we're forgetting by all means, but the two things that are sticking out to me that I wanted to touch on were materia and the, the music. Um, okay. Let's, let's do the music. Uh, you know, first. Okay. Uh, what, what, even for final fantasy games, which I think have always had a great soundtrack pretty universally. This one's definitely up there. I, I, this is not my favorite final fantasy game, but of all the ones I've played, I think this is my favorite soundtrack. And maybe it's yeah. just the nostalgic ties I have to it, but like, I love basically every track in this game. Yeah, there, there's not a bad one. Like, I, even their Chocobo, uh, and and you know, I mean, the Chocobo tune is upbeat and whatnot, but it's very, it's it's silly. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, 
the, the, their version of it for this, I think, is is nice. It's fun, and yeah, like, no, like I don't. Stack- game is, is stellar yeah i don't want to say that they like tried harder in this game because i'm sure they try hard on all other games and maybe it's because this was the first one with the cd where they obviously had you know the opportunity to do better music and stuff like that um but i just i don't know what it is about it but like i can hear the music in this song like to this day like the sephiroth like where the you can hear like the um like the singers like the oh I can't do it, but you know what I mean? Like that Sephiroth music and the, obviously that music in the motorcycle scene fucking turns me on because it's so awesome. And like, just like the, the, the battle music, the boss music, the Shinra music, like the, the fucking uh, Cosmo Canyon music, like all the music in this game just, just hits. It's so fucking good. It like, it's like, I, I, I don't have any of it on my phone, but like, I might change that and, and get some of it on my phone. It's that good. It's, it's, and then I, 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 I used oh. to have this track. I, I've, I've lost it somewhere in one of my moves or something, but I used to have the soundtrack for this game. Oh, it is so good. And it fits the game so well. Maybe that's like, obviously there's no voice acting and that is what it is. But like this game, especially going back to 1997, 1998, whenever the fuck this game came out, I, I'm going to look that up. So I stopped saying the wrong year and everybody fucking yells at me. Uh, uh, 90, 97. This year. Yeah. 97. Um, it, it, like it felt like playing a movie and I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but like it really did, especially if you grew up on earthbound and, and super Nintendo final fantasies and, and chrono trigger and stuff like that. Like those went from like, these are video games. These are video games to like, this comes across as like a movie between the better graphics and the deeper story and the incredible backgrounds and the, all that stuff. And then you add in the soundtrack and it was just so like, I did listen to CD. Like, it's funny because when I think of this game, I think of the soundtrack, but I also think of uh, Offspring's Americana album because I used to listen to it all the time on my Discman while I would just grind to, like, master all my materia and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. like, I could listen to... Like, this is a game that, like, if I was to play this today on my Switch or something, I would have the sound up. Like, normally I turn the volume off on my Switch when I'm playing. I would turn the volume up on this one because it's just... That music is so fucking good, Daniel. Yeah. Oh. No, you know what I mean. That's music isn't one of those things that normally jumps out at me. Um, but like this, when you've got a soundtrack that so fits the media it's for, yeah, it's it's just so good. Yeah, and like this game really does a great job with that. Yeah, when they want the music to be kind of sappy and emotional and stuff, they they nail it. When they want it to be uh, really dramatic and intense like that Sephiroth theme and stuff, like they nail it when they wanted to get your adrenaline pumping and get you fired up, like for a boss fight or the motorcycle scene or whatever, they nail it. Like I don't, there's really not a bad song or moment in the, in the game. Like as far as the, the soundtrack goes, it's all the Turks theme. Oh, I love the fucking Turks. God, the Turks are so fucking cool. They should have like, yeah. a, they should have like a fucking TV show. They're so badass. Um, I, I, Watch a show that is just that is just you know Reno or Rude like going around doing shit. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, yeah, I love the music. Um, and I mentioned that I listen to CDs sometimes when I was grinding my materia. I want to talk about the materia system in this game because I do like it and I want to get into that. But I know that like I've talked about how I don't love JRPGs these days, and I was just kind of thinking about it as you and I were getting ready to record this episode. I really think this game 
is a part of why. Because previous to this game, like my RPG experience was, you know, Super Mario RPG, Earthbound, Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo. All of those games, there's minimal grinding with the exception of if you want to try to find like the Sword of Kings in Earthbound, which I've never found in my entire life ever. I don't even think it fucking exists. I think it's made up. But like Final Fantasy, and I never played Final Fantasy 6 back in the day, so I can't speak to that one. But Final Fantasy 7, I liked the materia system. I liked being able to mix and match your materia on different equipment, different combinations, and make it do different things. And the way it affects your stats. Like, I really do think materia is a cool system. But like, I grinded so much to master all the materia in this game, which is on me. That I'm the one that did that. But I think it kind of just turned me off on the whole grinding thing. Like, it's like eating something and getting food poisoning and then never being able to eat that thing again. That's kind of how I feel about grinding. And I think it comes from this game and working on the materia because like Daniel, you could pop like countless hours into the just materia on this game. If you really want to start tweaking well, it and working on it and stuff to get a level. And, and here's the thing. It's not a case where you, you, there's no payoff. There is a payoff for getting it all mastered. Absolutely. You do you master everything, you go and you can get the, the, the master magic, which gives you means you have one materia that you can uh, equip all the magic spells on somebody. Absolutely. And it's at the command and the summon one. Uh, this was the first RPG I played that had anything like equivalent to a job system. I didn't play uh, like the original, the Japanese Final Fantasy II. I don't remember when we got it over here or... Uh, tactics or a lot of them that that had drop systems that ever played so this is the first one where you could kind of make to a degree any character do anything uh, so i really i really like that it really let it customize i mean it meant that i could have my favorite characters and and still have all my roles covered um i completely 100 percent cheated with the the leveling the materia uh, my brother had bought one of the the third-party controllers that had the turbo feature. Ah. And we could just find a field and tape, tape the buttons down so that it would just run run around in circles. And then we'd go to supper or we'd go and do this. Heck, I think we even turned it on and left it running overnight. Yeah. And it would just... So, I mean, like it leveled up our characters. It leveled up the mature. It actually screwed us because at one point it... Because uh, you, you could only have 200 materia. After that, like because when you master materia, it creates a new one. Yeah. Um, it actually, if you have more than 200, it starts, uh, it just gets rid of whatever's at the bottom. And it's so. I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was a cap on how much material you could carry. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Then they even talk, they even justified the story. It's like, you know, we understand that we have to use, uh, in the game, materia is made from the, the life stream, the life energy of the planet. And they even talk about, like, if you go to the training thing and you can talk, they're like, you know, we understand we have to use this in our fight. But we also have to be responsible, and that's why you're only, you know, we can only carry 200 material ore. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't remember if I caught it last time. I caught it this time when they talked about. It. I just I knew you could max out because it uh, like it we I, we lost some of our unique material that we had no way of getting again because of that. Right. Yeah. Like the system is awesome, and like the thing about it is like I don't like it like. Call me old fashioned. I don't like a ton of customization in my RPGs. Like I prefer the, I, I am slowly getting more accustomed to it because that's basically just how RPGs are now. But like, I like the idea of like, Oh, I just added uh, 
this character to my party and this character is a white mage. So I, they're only going to have like, that's going to be what they do. Like, I like that personally. I, I preferred, I like linear games. I like games that tell me what to do. Like I'm that type of person. Like you, I'll, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do, but you, <laughs> excuse me, you tell me what you want that character to be. And then that's what that character will be. And you're right. This game broke that. If you wanted to, in theory, you can make cloud into nothing but like a white mage. If you want to just put nothing but healing material on them and they come do that. So I, 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 what I do love about the material system in this game is like, dude, have you ever gone down the rabbit hole on the YouTube and looked up some of the crazy combinations people have come up with with material on this game? It's fucking insane. People equipping this shit where you cast like fucking Knights of the round eight times when you get a hit and then someone mimes it twice. And like that kind of like, I know that's how some people beat like the weapons and stuff like that. Uh, it's insane. And I, I actually applaud the developers that like, especially a game that's 25 years old, they were able to put that much freedom in the game without just completely breaking it. You could argue that the materia breaks it a little bit, but I don't think it does. I think it's just the more work and the more time and the more effort you put into learning and how to work materia, the more you can do with it. I, that's really, it's a really cool system. In my yep. opinion. And, and, and it is completely, this game, if you just want to play the story, it has very minimal grinding required. Agreed. You might have to do a little bit, but depending on, on what not, you don't typically have to grind too much. Unless you want Knights of the Round. Well, uh, if you want Knights of the Round, you got to, yeah. That's... Which, like, so I <laughs> I hate walkthroughs today. I hate them. But when I played this game in high school, I actually had my mom print off a full walkthrough for me at work. She got in a lot of trouble because she didn't know how big it was. And it turned out to be like 300 pages. I had a binder at home. That was the full walkthrough of this game. But it explained to me how to get Knights of the Round. And I'm not going to dunk on this game for making it hard to get that summon material. If you don't know by chance, like, the materia of summon, uh, Knights of the Round is, like, the strongest summon in the game. Um, I'm not going to dunk on how hard it was to get it because I guess it's just a product of the times. I always wonder when I play Final Fantasies and RPGs, I'm like, how the fuck do people find some of this? Like, how did people figure out that you had to breed and breed and breed and breed chocobos until it was, was it a gold one you had to get? You had to do, like, the yeah, races yeah, or something, yeah. and then you had to get, like, a gold chocobo. Then you had to go to this fucking aisle. Like, how did anyone find this? I don't understand how someone figured this out. I don't. Well, I, you, you can find the island. Like, the funny thing is, like, that the island where you get Knights of the Round isn't even on the map. Like, you just have to fly around. It's up in the top right of the map. Uh, like you can fire on, you can see it, but you can't when you get the airship. But you can't land because you right. can't land in port with it. Yeah. So I mean, it's a case of that. And then the there is a guy, the Chocobo Sage, who you have to talk to him periodically, and he tells you about that. There's a different type of Chocobos, and he does tell you how to get them. But you have to talk to him an awful lot and break in between and whatnot. And it's so the game will tell you how to do it, but you you're, you've got to be willing to put in the time and effort. Yeah. I totally used a, a, a player's guide for it as well. Oh, like half of the reason I haven't played this game in 20 years is because I never want to do the whole process of getting Knights of the Round again. Uh, not to mention when you get it. Sure, it's great that you've got this powerful summon, but like, and I do, I don't give a fuck if people say that this is just how it was back then or not. I'll, I'll, I'll still ding this game some points. You should be able to skip those fucking animations. Absolutely. That Knights of the Round animation is like 10 fucking minutes. You could cast that and use like Quadra Magic or whatever it is called to do it like four times and mime it and shit. And then you could just walk away for an hour and just <laughs> let it go. And it's just, and like it, listen, summons are great to watch the first time and maybe yeah. even the second time. 
But after that, you're like, oh my God, okay, I get it. All these dead fucking knights are going to come in and hack this guy. Let's go. Like, ah, fuck you, Knights of the Round. Fuck you, Knights of the Round. But other than that, it's a cool system. Yeah, uh, no. And like, there's lots, like, and there's just lots of cool ones, like, especially when you start getting, like, the, the you know, like, the counters, pre- but the, the sneak attack one, the one that got you always get at least one attack in preemptively. Yeah. Um, the the reaction like the the counter magic ones or the I can't remember what it's called but it's the one where you get you it's one of the ones you pair with something but it's when your character dies it automatically casts that because as soon as you get that one you you get it to cast um, either phoenix uh, or uh, revive and then yeah. it brings you back anyways and like it's really dope the way like and I. I find it a little overwhelming in the sense of like, I just don't have the patience to fully get into all the details of it, but I love stuff like, uh, you, you can just load up materia on, on like just Barrett For example, if you load up the right materia, it's not even about the magic it gives them. It's about the stat boosts it gives them because yeah. all the materia affects your stats and stuff like that. Like there's an incredible amount of depth to this game. If you want to really tinker under the hood and really play with everybody's, uh, buffs and stats and stuff like that plus some weapons like i love how every weapon has different amounts of slots and some of them are linked and some of them aren't and some weapons get more powerful with different materia equipped them and stuff like that like um if you're a nerd that's into that kind of stuff it was a really incredible system back in the day yeah so, no absolutely it, um you know i'm what's it, that it it really it, it it's a level you know it's a level of custom the, the weapon thing was cool especially if you're you're trying to find the balance between leveling up uh, material because some, some weapons you could get the double but they weren't as strong as other weapons or or some of them would get no you couldn't level up material on it at all uh, which was always oh yeah always... like the amount of AP they got yeah. yeah holy fuck it's insane like it's. So, I mean, you can, like, like the other thing that kind of bugs me is, like, I like that you only roll three party members. I prefer a smaller party. But I hate when you can't remove the main character. And, like, yeah. even looking at, like, as much as I love Super Mario RPG, if I had it my way, I would roll a team of Bowser, Geno, and Peach. Like, I would get rid of Mario. And in oh, this game, yeah. I would roll, like I said, Sid, Tifa, Red 13, I think. I'd get rid of Cloud. Um, like, I get why you can't because they're so critical to the story and everything. But I just wish sometimes that you could. Um, man, like, I feel like this has been a different episode of Remember the Game than normal because we haven't really talked about the story that much. But I think most people know the story of Final Fantasy VII. I kind of I wanted to revisit this game and just really give it its due for some of the advancements it made in the world of RPGs. Like, it's not my favorite JRPG in the world, but it, it is... I, again, to kind of go back to like where we started as we start wrapping this thing up, like, boy, is it important. Like one of the most important video games ever made. And I don't know if I think it's overrated or not. I, it's certainly not. I can't imagine there's anyone on the planet that thinks Final Fantasy VII is underrated. Um, I do. I know for a fact we have longstanding members of our community that think it's overrated. I don't so much think it's overrated. I think its influence is astronomical. I just don't like you just replayed it. Did you like, was it, did you have fun? Like, I don't really have any urge to ever play this game again. Like, did you enjoy it? I, I, I did have a lot of fun. And I mean, I played it on the switch, so I was able to, 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 to have the speed boost and uh, the, ah. 
and I could turn off random encounters and and uh, do the thing that uh, you know keeps your limit your limit bars. So I mean, you know, I I was able to shortcut part of the game because of that. Right. But the actual, I still really enjoy the the storyline. Uh, so so many little things that I missed. Uh, when you're in the one town, there's the the chick that's waving out the window, and then when you go talk to her, she's like, "I thought that would get you in the door." And she's like, "What's well, one, two, three fishes?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's totally flaunting, you know, flashing out the window." Right. Uh, or the the one guy that keeps hire, hiring the girls to attract customers, but it's costing them all his money. Right. Uh, like it, it was fun replaying those things, you know, with a more adult mindset. Yeah. And catching all these things that probably should not have slipped by the in, in a kid's game. Yeah. Yeah. No uh, shit. And, yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, some of them they're not innuendos. Like some of them are outright stated. Uh. Oh, you know, dude, like uh, the whole, that whole fucking, the whole uh, cross-dressing part where Cloud yeah. has to like, the, the, that greasy fucking Dawn guy. Like, I didn't yeah. fully comprehend what was going on there when I was 13, but now I'm like, dude, you're fucking like EA levels of greasy. Like, that's fucking sleazebag. But like, that's such a, I love that. I like, I think that's such an iconic scene and I'm so glad they didn't cut any of that out. They actually expanded on it in the remake. Um... Yeah, I just, I don't have a lot of urge to play it again, but like, I know we weren't, I said we weren't going to talk too much about the remake. I want to just say, I really feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake gave me a little bit more of an appreciation for the original game. And Yeah, I didn't like that one. Like, I mean, this, like I said, this was probably my second favorite uh, Final Fantasy game. Probably, honestly, there's not a whole lot of RPGs. You know, I'm like you, they're not my favorite genre. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely, you know, probably top five rpgs in general sure uh easily um but that that remake really it, it managed to highlight a lot of things i like about this and you know like going back and playing playing the original after the remake uh, it was definitely a trip and i i i do recommend it but you know i mean it's you this this last replay it was still 35 hours i put into it yeah so. it's a, and that's and i assume that you didn't like master every materia and go fight all the weapons and all that kind of stuff so nope. um you throw all that shit in and like i don't even what are you looking at like 50 60 hours if you want to do well, everything I, in this game like i i i know i know when i played this as a kid i think i i think i fully did the game and mastered everything and all that i think three times back in the day and uh i know at least uh, one or two of them I maxed out the timer and I mean like that was with the whole like you know taping the buttons down on the controller sure, and letting sure, it sure. Yeah. but like that's still easily 60 70 hours I probably put into those games more than once yeah it's a massive game and like yeah I just like when we recorded the very first when we recovered the first episode about Final Fantasy 7 like four years ago I like I said it was a good game I said it was a little bit overrated I don't remember what I gave it a score of but I thought it was like it was fine um, yeah, I think that the, the remake really gave me a new, cause like, man, Final Fantasy seven remake is so good. It drives me crazy that it's going to be in like 12 chapters or whatever the fuck it ends up being. But the game itself is so good. And it really just like, it was like this game that I played in high school where like you could see it, but you also had to kind of use your imagination to imagine what it would fully look like in real life. And it was like, this is what it looks like in real life. And it, it really did give me appreciation for like, man, this is a really it is a really special video game. Whether you think it's overrated, the best Final Fantasy or whatever, I, I think it's um, it's just so it's special. It's it's influential and like, 
if you if you were making a list of like the must play platformer, the must play racing game, the must play shooter, the must play JRPG, like I I know there's arguments for other games like Chrono Trigger and stuff, but like Final Fantasy VII is a contender for like the most must play JRPG of all time. Like it is a it's a contender for that spot because yeah, it's just no, so uh, big and so influential, you know. Yeah. No. It, 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 in terms of what it's done for for the it, not not even RPG industry, but like gaming as a whole, I think it's definitely definitely uh, up there. Sure. Um, and it's the game that arguably put PlayStation on the map, and PlayStation has owned that map for two and a half decades. So, yeah. like, it is, it is to, for my money, Final Fantasy VII is to the PS1 what, like, Halo is to Xbox. Like, it's that big a deal, you know? Which is weird because, like, it's Final Fantasy is not even exclusive to PlayStation or anything. Like, Final Fantasy VII is on literally everything. But back then, yeah. it was fucking massive. So, um, yeah. okay, we should score this thing. I have to record another one of these in, like, 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> there's 15 core Final Fantasy games. And don't come at me and be like, well, there's two Final Fantasy X's and three Final Fantasy Thirteens and blah, blah, blah. There's 15 base games. So that's what we're going to go with. So, Daniel, if you... And I'm very interested to hear what you have to say because you just replayed this and I have not done that. But if you were to score Final Fantasy Seven out of 15, what would you score Final Fantasy Seven? Hmm. Keep in mind that I'm one of those people that, you know, for me, a 5 out of 10 is is you know legitimately an average and yeah. you know i i'd give this game probably an 11 out of 15 right. it, it loses the point for case it uh loses the point it, it it loses points for for the confusing things that maybe some of it was translation would not get the point for killing Aerith. Yes. uh yeah no 11 11 out of 15 i think yeah all right yeah, I think yeah, I'm going to go like I'll give it like a 12. I think I think there are better JRPGs. Um there's certainly ones that I like more. I think there are better Final Fantasies. Like this is not in my top 3 Final Fantasy games. It's it's close, but it's not in my top 3. Uh I think there's better protagonists. I think there's better magic systems. I think I love the job system in some other games. I think there's better villains. Like I don't outside of the soundtrack, I don't know if there's any one thing that I like more about Final Fantasy VII than any other Final Fantasy game, but as a collective work, I'm like this. It's a it's a pretty, pretty damn good video game. And I, I'll ask you like, and maybe it's a little bit loaded because you you've already played it. But like, if someone had never played this game, like I would assume it's as playable today as it was back then. Yeah. Like it's not like and like and that's I know that it's different because it's an RPG. It's not a an action game like a Metal Gear Solid or a Resident Evil, but like some of those games, a lot of PS1 games can be tough to play today. Whereas I think this one, you could pick it up and play it no problem. And I know it's different. It's a JRPG. But like even compared to JRPGs of today, I think this game is very, very playable. Um, I, 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 would, I would, I absolutely think it's, it's uh, you could pick it up and, play. I, you know, I mean, I, I would say, you know, play it on the switch that you can, you can turn the times three speed up on, yeah, but yeah. And it, you know what? It almost might be more playable today because you have the internet so you can look up what the fuck is going on with Zach as opposed <laughs> to just trying to figure it out on your own. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this was, man, this was different than a lot of our, I feel like this was a different episode, but I, I had, this was, I had a, frankly, I had more fun with this episode than I expected to. Like, cause I'm not the world's biggest Final Fantasy VII fan, but just going back and talking about how important this damn game was, like, I, this was a, this was a trip down memory lane, man. This was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, um, I agree. So I'm thank so you. Glad one. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Thank you for uh, taking 35 hours of your life to replay it just for this <laughs> podcast. And thank you for agreeing with me that Kate Sith and Eris fucking suck. I really uh, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, Final Fantasy Remake could have just remade the game with no changes aside from getting rid of those two characters, and I'd be okay with it. Can you imagine Final Fantasy VII Remake without Eris? Oh, Christ. People would have fucking <laughs> rioted in the fucking streets. Anyways, wait till part two. No, I'm not going to spoil anything about Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. Okay, buddy, thanks for doing this, Daniel. I appreciate it, man. All right, have a good one, buddy. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Daniel, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Final Fantasy VII and to every single one of you nerds hearing my voice right now. Whether this is your first Remember the Game, maybe your 195th episode of Remember the Game. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. If you were like, hey, that episode, that podcast doesn't suck, maybe consider leaving us a nice review on your podcast service of choice. I'm not quite sure what they do, but I know the good podcasts ask for them, so we're going to do the same thing. Plus... Uh, it makes me feel good when I read nice reviews. And if you're like, dude, I can't get enough of this guy's voice, maybe consider supporting us on Patreon. Because I'm telling you, I truly believe this. This might not be the best podcast on the internet. I'm certainly not the best podcast host. I barely know how to edit all the audio. My voice cracks all the time. I can't pronounce words with more than three syllables. And I don't like fucking popular games like Majora's Mask and Squeak It In and everybody gets mad at me for it. But... God damned if I don't give you a good bang for your buck over on Patreon. For just two bucks a month, you get two additional podcasts every week to go with the shout out, access to our Discord, the ability to write into our show, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Two additional every Thursday and Friday, you get extra shows for two bucks a month. Plus, 5% of your Patreon pledge every month is going to be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital in December as part of my 24 hour charity stream. Patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested there. And finally, I have a P.O. box. Uh, you can find the address at remember the game podcast.com. It is P.O. Box 69181, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6V1G7. Just shoot me a little something small, postcard, a letter, something little. Tell me where you're listening, and I'll send you a postcard back, and we'll be friends, and that'll be fun. That's how it works. Uh, oh, yeah, and finally, I stream on Twitch most Tuesday nights, and then just whenever I can get over there. Uh, Twitch.tv slash member the game. If you're interested in looking me up, not remember, remember the game. I'm over there just playing games and arguing with people all the time. It's lots of fun. I don't beg you for subs or anything. Just come hang out. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks again, everybody. We will be back in, uh, I guess tomorrow for Patreons. I'll be back with our spiciest gaming takes episode of expansion pass. I'll be back on Friday with game patch and I'll be back next week with a whole nother juicy smorgasbord of podcasts, including remember the game number 196, which if everything goes according to plan, will be about Castlevania area, area or area of sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. Ooh. Anyway, take it easy, everybody. I'll talk to you on the next one. Uh, cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I puke up every week without all of your support. The following people are supporters at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And I'd like to take a moment to thank them all personally by butchering a bunch of their names. So a huge thank you to... 
Makeshift, Mallow, Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James, Clark, Dave, McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Tromblay, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Adam Ferrer, Russell Aldridge. Uh, Aldridge, I, I thought I fucked that up, but no, I nailed it. Keep going, keep going. Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noob Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Inzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Untakar. Oof, that fucked me up. Um, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Dockabai, Ray Sam Wontongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Paul Burke, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon who's not actually a surgeon, Roe, Tyler, Nightmare, Dixon Cider, Benjamin Swiller, Creature Club, my or Pet My Peeve Podcast, Tristan Teen the Great, Esteban Navarro, Kach, Jim, Josh Stone, Chris Williams, Scrub Tech 84. I'm really sucking at this this week. Evol Evol Skywalker, Cody Richardson, General Fury, and Salty by Design. Full. Some weeks I don't do too bad. That was fucking ugly. But either way, thank you all so much for the support. Thanks everybody for listening. Talk to you again soon. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Oh, <laughs>